You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. He's been called the John Stewart of the Arab world. Bassem Youssef is a comedian and commentator who brought a unique brand of political satire to Egypt. And if you think it might be difficult to be a political satirist in Egypt, you would be right. Yusuf was exiled from his home and is now working as a comedian here in America. Here is Yusuf appearing on Full Frontal with Samantha B. You left a repressive regime in Egypt and you came here just in time for an explosion of Islamophobia. Yes. Welcome. Anti-lucky. When you look at someone like Trump, do you feel like you're better positioned to endure his presidency because you've seen so much worse? Well, let me tell you this. If Trump was running for presidency in the Middle East, he would be classified as a tree-hugging liberal. Yes. Okay. I mean, seriously, if our dictators in the Middle East would look at Trump and say, like, oh, yeah, that's so cute. I feel like that will hurt his feelings. Yes. Okay, that was Bassam Yusuf talking with Samantha B on her show, Full Frontal. He brings his comedy to Ann Arbor tonight at the Michigan Theater uh, with the University Musical Society of the University of Michigan. You can find ticket info on UMS.org. Bassam Yusuf, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Detroit. Yes. Uh, so, John Stewart of the Arab world. I, I think that's such an interesting phrase, given the circumstances that exist in the Middle East, given the circumstances that attend uh, your your current position in in the sense of being in exile, when you hear that, what, what what do you think that means, John Stewart of the Arab world? Well, first of all, I hope that John Stewart is is not fed up of hearing this. It's like this guy is using my <laughs> <That's> name. <right. laughs> uh, no, John was like more of a big brother and an inspiration to me, and. Uh, we we they they call this for simplicity and for 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 Americans to kind of get a reference of what I was doing. Uh, political satire didn't really exist in the Arab world before the Arab Spring. Comedy was allowed to exist, but kind of a social comedy, kind of like safe comedy, a mm-hmm. comedy that is sanctioned and allowed by the government. When um, uh, we had the Arab Spring, there was kind of a void and and just there was no control on anything and. Uh, uh, I, I stepped up and, and I just made fun of what I saw as in like the brainwashing and the, and, and the um, uh, fabrication of news that happened with the Arab Spring. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't really like think that this will go anywhere. I, I'm, I was a doctor. I, I am a doctor. And I was just like ready to go on to start my uh, fellowship in Cleveland. And the Arab Spring happened. And I just, I, I just did that as kind of to vent my anger, and then it just got picked up and uh, caught fire, and it became uh, like a, a huge phenomenon. And then I hosted uh, the biggest political satire show in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, when you say that uh, it, it caught fire, it did, but it also caught a lot of flack, or it caught you uh, a lot of flack. There were death threats, pressure from the military-backed government. Uh, but you started this out on... On YouTube, uh, which is also very different. I mean, the idea that you were sort of just doing this yourself as a way of, I guess, speaking out about the things that you saw around you, um, that 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 sort of humble and troubled beginning, I guess, probably shapes a lot of the things 
that you do now and a lot of the ways you think about uh, the comedy that uh, that you bring to the stage? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I, as you said, it started as a, a kind of an individual experience on YouTube. And um, uh, I thought that 10,000 people would watch the show and then it ended up 5 million people in a few weeks. And then every single network uh, wanted that show on its platform and then ended up with 30, 40 million people watching it uh, every week. And with 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 great ratings comes great pressure. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I think I managed to piss off uh, every single person <laughs> in power. And you uh, realize after a few years in staying in, in Cairo and doing that show that uh, the military and the Islamists have one thing in common, that they have absolutely no sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> political satire is great as long as you're making fun of the other party. And uh, under the Islamist, I had uh, a warrant for my arrest. I was interrogated. And then under the military, I was pressured. My show was canceled twice. The, um, the satellite signal for my show was jammed twice. And then uh, ended up as canceling the show and putting like, you know, more pressure. And I had to leave the country because I knew that like it was just like a matter of time that they would either put me on a no-fly list or they would put me in jail or come up with some accusation like I don't know taxes fraud whatever they will they will find a way to put you in jail I mean they're very creative with that yeah um, and then I came here yeah so so talk about here you, you live in Los Angeles which is oh, yeah. uh, a very different place it's also a very different place from the rest of the United States I think yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry for you guys <laughs> right uh, but talk about how different that is to to be able to live someplace where Political satire is an intrinsic part of the culture. Uh, certainly in the last 10 to 15 years, that has taken on a very different look as people like John Stewart uh, have, have sort of come to, to, to prominence. Uh, how do things look for you now? Well, this is the thing that actually inspired me in the first place because I was an avid follower of John Stewart, Stephen Colbert in the 2000s and this is actually what inspired me to start my show so it's not it's no surprise to come here and see what is the political satire scene looks like as a matter of fact it has expanded and you have kind of a cycle of like how comedy expands after a certain kind of presidents come to power you know about post bush post trump mm -hmm. so it, it seems that like you know the presidents like this are horrible for america and very good for comedy and uh, <laughs> i had uh, uh, so, like, on, uh, I, I knew that this existed, and you, I, I appreciated that, and I always use that example when I, whenever I was attacked in Egypt, and tell them, like, you know, this is the, 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 the most, like, the strongest country in the world, and they don't mind having their presidents mocked, or they do mind, but they can't do anything about it. And um, but on a, on a personal level, this has been also an experience for me to try to find my own space in this country because it's different now. Mm -hmm. I'm performing in English, which is my second language. I'm performing to a different kind of audience, uh, different kind of recipients. I'm kind of like uh, unlearning everything that I knew and uh, relearning everything from the beginning because comedy doesn't really translate. Uh, like you can, you can be a very good... Uh, you can have a very good command of a certain language, but not of its humor or uh -huh. comedy. Uh -huh. So uh, it's kind of like you 
if you know two languages like Arabic and English, you're actually dealing with four languages. <laughs> it is the humor that you're thinking of in Arabic that has to be translated and then it has to be translated in a humorous way to the other one. Wow. Uh, it, it, it is a very difficult process. So, for example, I'll give you uh, an example that uh, I have a, a documentary called uh, Tickling Giants. Mm-hmm. Sarah Texler, the mm-hmm. producer of The Daily Show, followed me for four years. And she did that documentary about me. And she said she had a very difficult time translating my show in the documentary because if you translate it in a literal translation, the humor is lost. So the guy who mm-hmm. translates have to understand the humor in Arabic, the words in Arabic, the words in English, the humor in English. Wow. So, it ha- so sometimes it has to be translated not literally, but with the intention of comedy. And this is a very, very difficult process. So imagine... Uh, uh, performing on stage on 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 for people that don't know a lot about your culture, about mm-hmm. your language, about your background, and uh, yeah, it's just what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Bassem Youssef. He's a comedian and commentator performing tonight in Ann Arbor with the University Musical Society of the University of Michigan. We are talking about. Humor, humor. And the theater is awesome, by the way. Yes, it the is. The theater here is, is awesome, and there are only a few tickets left, so you yeah, guys have to right. come Go to UMS. and <laughs> see an Arab on stage for the, for a change. <laughs> that's right. Because, like, I mean, you usually see us on the news, so <laughs> to see right. us on stage, that's, that's that could be right? <laughs> uh, interesting and terrifying at the same time. Right, right. Callers, yeah. uh, what's the role, do you think, of satire in a healthy democracy. Do you watch The Daily Show? Do you watch John Oliver? Yeah, I watch. I, I watch all these shows. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, satire has an incredible role because it can bring people uh, that might not be interested in politics uh, to discuss very important issues that might otherwise be extremely boring to discuss. So, kind of like comedy is extremely uh, important in this way. Uh, when you have, uh, so that, that, that's its role in a healthy democracy. In an unhealthy democracy, political satire serves to humanize and uh, humble down uh, someone who thinks that he's above the law or mm-hmm. he's in a kind of an authoritarian, authoritative figure. And uh, basically tells everybody that the emperor is naked and it's okay to say that. Yeah, right. right. Um, are, are there subjects that you feel, I mean, given... Given the experiences that you've had, I wonder if there are things that you just stay away from, that you think, okay, that's not something that's appropriate for humor, or I can't find the funny in that. And I, and I ask that because uh, reading your background, I mean, the, the, the things that you've endured, the, the, the destruction, you call it, of your, of your country, Egypt, the, the exile from there, I don't know, it seems like it would be especially difficult to find ways to laugh about that. Do you do you? Yes, it, it, it was very difficult because, like, when you have like a very inflammable political situation and people getting hurt in the streets, it was very difficult. But we always tried to find the humor in how this event was covered and how this event is spinned by either the um, uh, the government or by the media. Mm-hmm. So, and we try to, as much as possible when we make fun, we make fun of people in power, not people who are, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, overpowered. 
So, um, and this is why, like, when people say, like, why can't we make fun of this minority or this minority? Because this really, be, be, it's, it's, there's no glory in making fun of, like, weak people. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, or picking on them because they, you know that they cannot answer back or they cannot fight back. Yeah. So I, I would rather like talk about the media, talk about the authority, talk about people who have the power to abuse this power in order to uh, like control people or brainwash people or uh, fool people. So this is kind of like how I go with my with with how I choose my subjects. Mm. However. I personally think that there is no topics off limits and it's just like up to other people to accept it or not, to listen to it or not. I am I'm not with censorship at all, no matter how insensitive or rude you think the jokes are. And I know that I get these questions a lot because I'm from the Middle East and I'm a Muslim and they talk, talk to me about like Charlie Hebdo and the cartoons mm-hmm. and I say, you know what? I mean, I uh, if they want to make fun of that, they make fun of that. It's like up to you to listen to it or not. But like it's there's no one's right to go and censor anybody or or tell anybody that you can they cannot make this joke. No yeah. matter how, uh, I mean, if you think it's rude or insensitive, it's rude and insensitive for you, and you don't have actually to force that belief on other people. Yeah, uh, talk a little about the television show that uh, you just sold with Larry Wilmore, another um, political satirist. It is very about a early, Middle Eastern and superhero. I don't want to jinx it. It's <laughs> it's kind of like because you know, like how network kind of like they they buy these uh, uh, premises and these ideas. I will celebrate and jump up and down within when it's greenlighted into series. Uh, <laughs> because you know, like this is like, a, know, this right? is a very good step. I mean, like having <laughs> like you know uh, writing this with Larry Wilmer, who's like an amazing uh, producer and writer and uh, creator uh, and comedian. But I will talk in depth <laughs> when it is greenlighted. By well, can you ABC. talk at all about? I mean, I think the idea of a Middle Eastern. Superhero, it's faster. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's better than terrorist number four. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, this is an upgrade the, in the role. It's, it's a really upgrade. Or maybe we'll see a Middle Eastern James Bond soon. <laughs> right. I mean, hey, we blend with ISIS better. Yeah, <laughs> you can't right. have a blonde James right. Bond blending right. with ISIS. That was not real. <laughs> that wouldn't. Nobody work, would right? believe that. Like Daniel Craig will have absolutely no <laughs> chance. He will be. Caught up in like in the first five minutes. Uh, d- d- it would think... be like Bond, James Abdullah Bond. <laughs> right, right. Do you think you'll stay here in the United States? Yeah, why not? Do you want to go back home? No. I mean, like I, I like the United States. It's a, it's a good place to stay, unless of course that Trump deports me. But otherwise, <laughs> that's I'm, always that's a danger for all of us. But I, I mean, like how can you how can you give up Los Angeles, California? And this is the weather. I mean, the weather. <laughs> that, damn man, the weather is amazing. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the California, uh, like um, uh, the United States, is, is is a good place to live, and it's a good place to raise your kids. And uh, I mean, my I have a five and a half years old and a three month three years old. You know, my anchor baby, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and the five and a half, she she goes to a public school, and she ha- in her school. All of these people from different ethnicities and colors and religions and background and culture. Where can where else can you get that? Yeah, this is something that I cannot give it to her in Egypt. Right, right. Uh, she's surrounded by uh, Catholics and Jews and African Americans and, and and Chinese and Koreans and Hispanics and 
and white people and brown people and and, and it's just like you know, this is an amazing amazing chance to for her to see the world yeah, yeah. you know uh, it's so uh, for that alone that is like a good reason to stay to stay okay Bassem Youssef comedian and commentator performing tonight in Ann Arbor with the University Musical Society at the University of Michigan if you want tickets you can still very get them at umass.org very few left Hurry almost sold them. out yeah that's right uh, Bassem good luck tonight and thank you for being here on Detroit Today thank you so much That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And the associate producer is Gus Navarro. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.